0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, here we are, uh, you know, we're at the precipice of a new year, and uh, looking back at the last year, there was an interesting development where vaping is concerned. Vaping is something that's become rather popular in Canada, whereas I guess it was back uh, when it was first introduced in 2007. It was promoted for its health benefits as an alternative to traditional smoking, and uh, Every year it seems like it's been trending upwards in terms of popularity, and then, whoa, last year, uh, suddenly there's been a seismic shift. So what is going on? Let's find out. Shachi Curl is the exact director of Angus Reed, whose institute recently did a, a very comprehensive study on vaping, the trends and the popularity of such here in this country, and she has joined us here on The Oakley Show. Shachi, always a pleasure. Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, John, and Happy New Year to you and your listeners.
0: Happy New Year to you. So uh, on this new year, the brink of a new year, uh, as I was citing a change in attitudes towards vaping, the number of Canadians you say who say vaping does more harm than good has doubled from the previous year.
1: Doubles. That's right. So you know, this time just a year ago, just 12 months ago, you saw Canadians really split between the idea that vaping does more harm than good because at the end of the day, you're still ingesting a nicotine product or some something going in your lungs, versus those who say, well, it's equal amounts of harm and good because, as you point out, when uh, vaping products came on the market, it, they, they were they were uh, styled and and really offered up as uh, a gentle way off of cigarettes and a better way off of cigarettes. But the last year has been so dominated, as we both know in the news cycle, by stories particularly of teens getting horrendously ill and in some cases dying as a result of of, uh, really being very heavily dependent on vaping products and maybe not knowing. The way we know now after 50, 60, 70 years of studies on cigarettes and tobacco, there is absolutely no doubt about what cigarettes will do over the long term. I just don't think the science has necessarily been there because this product is fairly new.
0: Well, yeah, and this is what's interesting when you say it's fairly new, uh, and yet it came on in 07, and then it uh, gained a lot of popularity as the alternative to cigarettes and such. Uh, and what did you find in your study, first of all, to uh, tell you that, this is fairly a popular practice, number of Canadians who vape and uh, where that trend line is going.
1: Well, vaping use has really skyrocketed in in the last, you know, six, seven years. Um, and it's, it's still a minority of Canadians who say that they've tried vaping or they've tried an e-cigarette, but that number has tripled since 2013. So in 2013, just one in 10 Canadians said that they had done that. Uh, last year, it was 25%. One in four. So that number has, as I say, tripled, nearly tripled in scope. Three times as many saying that they've tried it. They've used these products. And so again, it's gone from the fringes and both exploded in terms of the number of people using these products and the number of young people using these products. 18 to 34 year olds far more likely to say that they have vaped. in, in, In you know, two in five. Um, you know, if if you've got if you've got your kids and you've got a couple of their friends and there's five of them, they're hanging out at your house. Well, how many of you have tried vaping? At least two of them have, and so that is where the alarm bells are really starting to ring because those number of young people trying vaping has really skyrocketed in the last year, and we're just seeing more people overall trying it out.
0: Well, it's interesting because with the young people trying it, obviously it becomes a parental concern. You've reflected that in your study as well, uh, where parents are aware of their children vaping, Uh, how many of them consider it harmful?
1: Yeah, no, the number of parents who believe that it's harmful uh, really is, is very much tied to whether you have kids yourselves versus whether you've been a smoker in your life or have not had children. So, you know, among those who who think that uh, they're worried about the number of kids who are vaping in Canada, 50% say they are strongly worried. One in two parents say this is a big, big problem. Another one-third say that, yeah, no, we're also concerned, maybe not as acutely as others, but basically you've got the vast majority of parents in this country worried about the effects of vaping on children who are trying it, including their own.
0: Well, yeah, and your study, if I've got it right, 92% of these parents say they consider it harmful. So therein lies a the rub. If they consider it harmful, obviously, uh, there is, I'm sure, uh, a call for restrictions, serious restrictions. Now, there's a, a difference here in products that are being vaped, and I guess it's the uh, ones that appeal to kids primarily because, you know, they're candy-coated or flavored or something like that. Uh, have you broken it down that way, you know, even to a point where... Uh, I guess we're splitting hairs to the types of products being vaped, but have you done that in your study as well?
1: Uh, yeah, we have. And, I mean, we know, for example, that uh, when it comes to outright banning vaping products, there is there is not a majority desire to say, look, all vaping products should be banned. I think that speaks to the fact that there are a number of people out there who, who maybe have a bit of a libertarian streak or who say, look, if if, an, if a consenting adult wants to, you know, inhale some nicotine through a vape, they should be able to do that. Or or inhale uh, a cannabis product or just inhale flavor or whatever. So only 46%, fewer than half, say ban them entirely. But you see much stronger uh, desire to ban flavored vaping products entirely, to ban advertising of these types of uh, products, especially around young people, to really going whole hog on uh, restricting or banning um, uh, packaging that doesn't contain serious health warnings, and really restricting the ability to sell these things um, at places, again, where kids frequent. So the convenience stores, the corner stores, the places where you can maybe buy it, uh, even if you don't have a credit card or an Amazon account, uh, which, of course, is how adults are often buying, Um, kids don't have that option to buy online. So where it's accessible to kids, there's a desire to see those sales restricted.
0: Yeah, this is the interesting thing because, uh, you know, the government in Ontario, if uh, memory serves, recently did ban advertising in certain venues, didn't they?
1: Uh, They did, uh, and they have done. And, you know, it's something that I think initially... Governments, provincial governments that are responsible for health policy delivery, I won't say they were caught off guard, but the way that these products have been really just taking off in terms of their usage and the saturation of their usage in the last year, in the last couple of years, are such that you're now at a point where uh, the, the, the provincial governments, whether it's the government of Ontario, whether it's the government of British Columbia that came in and, and brought in even more restrictive policy, have said you know, what we have to get on top of this because what we don't want is to be a taxpayer payer or a provincial government in 20 years that's now battling the way we had to battle big tobacco for dealing with uh, the costs to our public health systems because of cigarette-related illnesses start to have to wonder, well, what are the implications of vaping-related illnesses going to be in 20 years? And if we can get on top of some of these issues and really look at particularly what's happening with young people, um, there is, I would say, a great deal of public support to see those restrictions brought in.
0: Yeah, and I was going to ask you, finally, I mean, if there were uh, any... Studies that you've conducted uh, relative to uh, vaping cannabis product, I mean, what is the latest on that or is it still too early to tell? I mean, now that we've got edibles on the market and uh, we're into, you know, the cannabis rollout 2.0, what does your research tell you?
1: And, you know it's a question I think we're going to be looking at in twenty twenty as we start to get more people frankly saying that that they're comfortable, you know being able to say, yes, I am' I'm consuming cannabis. There's always been a lot of hesitancy, especially considering this is only a product that's been legal for a couple of years now, um to say, "Well, yes, I've tried it, Yes, I actively or regularly use it. Now that these are legal products, we're going to be able to really harness. Some knowledge and some data based on how are people consuming it are they consuming it through vaping products what's going on about that and at the same time the doctors and the epidemiologists are going to be watching to see well what is the difference between eating a gummy smoking a joint and inhaling cannabis via a vaping product and you know what what are the the differences in in the physiological changes what are the differences in terms of um, health effects and health impacts are we going to see the same types of things we've been seeing with vaping products insofar as they relate to nicotine and other substances. So let's find out. I think that is a project for 2020 for us.
0: Look forward to uh, the report, and uh, we'll talk, if not sooner. Thank you so much for your time, Shachi. My pleasure. Thanks, John. You got it. Shachi Curl, the exec director of Angus Reed. Their institute did the study on vaping. By the way, you know, uh, just talking about restrictions on uh, advertising and how people favor that when it comes to vaping, uh, certainly the trend when it comes to youth, uh, keeping it out of uh, places that young people frequent, like bus shelters, parks, areas around schools, uh, when you've got, what, 46% would like to see vaping products banned entirely i got a vape store in my own neighborhood. Now, interestingly, though, I've also got a cigar store. And the cigar guy was telling me the other day, I ran into him on the street. He said, the nanny state has reared its head. Uh, First and foremost, they want him to uh, put opaque covering in the windows so you can't see, like, into the store where he's got the humidor thing full of cigars from all over. And uh, if you bring a kid in, like, even if it's an infant in a stroller into the store, uh... You know, he's told he's got, you know, twice horse blinders. They got to put hoist blinders on the kid. No, no. no. Yeah. Uh, but if he is, it's in contravention of, I guess, the bylaw. And uh, it depends on the bylaw enforcement officer that you get. If you really get some cranky person, you could really be in deep trouble. It's like the liquor store. You know, if you've got a kid and uh, you're bringing a kid along just for the walk and whatever, and the kid grabs a bottle off the shelf, puts it in. That's not allowed. That's verboten. And you're supposed to turf the kid out of the store. Wow. Along with a parent, I guess, they can't serve booze. So anyway, this guy was telling me, uh, my friend Trey, that uh, he thinks the government's just gone overboard with the regulations. They're shutting down, you know, an enterprise It's a legal product, and he thinks it's just too draconian, and uh, I would tend to agree with that. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.